0: Welcome to another episode of 115 Miles. Hassan, this has been an absolute banger. I agree, Josh. <laughs> we talked about getting jiggy with it. na 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 All I want to say is that they don't really care about us. And um, I can't remember the other one. Six is the magic number. Oh, we talked a little bit about that. And we also talked about help me leave. Some serious conversation mixed with some ranting Um, But some really, really good debate. Do you think people are going to enjoy it, Has?
1: I think people will enjoy this episode. It's a bit of everything in it, to be honest. Um, It is
0: an up and down journey. Yeah,
1: I'd say so. A bit like a roller coaster, (laughs) roller coaster
0: (laughs) of life. Exactly, 115 miles at its very best. If you want to come and join the uh, join the movement, come and join us at 115 Miles Pod on Instagram. We're ever growing, and people should leave us a review, Has, shouldn't they? They should
1: on Apple if possible that would be great thank you
0: (laughs) enjoy this episode and we'll see you again very soon this is 115 miles with josh connolly and hassan kyle living exactly 115 miles apart our lives could not have been more different growing up yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life work culture and everything in between Hassan we are back how are you f- actually let me ask you this first first question have you been out for dinner yet with six people
1: I haven't been out for dinner with six people. I've been out for uh, a beer on a high road with a mate and there was some food that
0: came. What, indoors? No, outdoors. Oh, you mean All yesterday? Right. No, come on, man. Two, we're two days in, mate. I thought, because I know you're not very good at cooking, I thought you might have took everyone out for dinner or something.
1: Mate, do you want me to bring up pork loin again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go there. You know, I Have
0: you... Um, hugged anyone that you haven't hugged for a year yet uh
1: no i haven't seen anyone other than my family i've been hugging them all
0: right what you haven't hugged them for a year
1: i'm just gonna make a confession mate i've had some illicit hugs through lockdown i'm just gonna
0: uh, what you were hugging when it was illegal
1: i had a few illegal hugs yeah
0: you make me sick
1: did you josh Probably. I know you're not really a hugger either. So. I'm
0: not. I'm. I will hug people. I will hug people that I like. That I like my. That I feel comfortable with. But I'm not. Um. I don't like a hug from from somebody I don't know that well. Bro
1: hugs. How do you feel about bro hugs?
0: Tell me what a bro hug is. Describe
1: you know, what it is. You know, like when you sort of know somebody, and really, it's it's like a handshake type type of relationship maybe even a little fist bump but they come in with the handshake and then the hug and the like, Yeah no
0: I'm cool with that and then yeah. there's like a couple of little taps on the back to say yeah. let's move this on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what makes me feel uncomfortable is some people hug and squeeze and then they go just one or two seconds too long and then what move their hands down towards your buttocks well well you can't blame them for that have you seen True. my squats tights um no but I'm not here for those like weird slightly long hugs.
1: A bit too long. It's like you, you like it's gone you on too You know what I'm talking
0: about, isn't it? That yeah. some people do them. Yeah. I don't yeah. like them. Yeah. And then I saw on um Twitter that on GMTV it's not GMTV anymore is it, but you know what I'm talking good about, morning, good Brent, morning Britain. Yeah. You know the doctor on there who's been around for just years the, and years. The doctor
1: with the um Uh, uh, female name Dr Uh, Hillary Hillary. Jones
0: Dr Hillary Jones yeah he made a video um, of how to hug somebody safely at the moment have you seen it no so so it was him and they they had to stress that they did record it on Sunday so that was when he wasn't allowed to hug people so he did have to record it with his wife and they really stressed that to show it wasn't an illicit hug because not everyone's a criminal like you has um, and he was showing how to hug people but with your face like looking the other way that's how you hug someone with caution in the current climate has. wow
1: well um, you should always you should always consider safety first Josh <laughs> <laughs> I've got so-
0: six kids mate that's not a message I've picked up well on is it no no true
1: <laughs> You you missed the memo. They wrote it in Invisible Ink with you, innit? Um, uh, That's a bit silly, isn't it? That's just time-filling rubbish nonsense, isn't it? It
0: just feels like the world's gone a little bit mad with stuff like that. And there's that... that, um, For the last month or two, when you do meet somebody outside, or potentially inside if you're a criminal... There has been that weird, as you walk up to them to go and say, hello, it's like, is this, you know, are they following the rules or where yeah. are we at with this? Yeah. And the truth is, I'm going to throw it out there. I haven't met many people that are like, no, 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 I'm like, don't touch me. I'm following the rules. And there's this weird thing now where like online, you have to show that you're following the rules. But in person, there's this undercurrent of we're all breaking the law, aren't we? Do you think? Or is that unfair?
1: I just outed myself. Um, I think in the beginning, people were like, definitely like doing the elbows and all that. You yeah. Know, not, not standing near each other and keeping distance. I really think people were doing that. And I just think people are over it and, you know... I think obviously, as as vaccinations have increased, there's probably a feeling within some people that have probably had it that, like, they're going, okay, well, it's just a matter of time now. Um, so I, don't, I think I think people are a bit more relaxed. There,
0: there will be people though, has potentially, that are listening to this that 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 really that will even stop listening to it because we've just said that 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 I mean there'll be few men by that. Yeah. Oh, you it, don't give a damn. You it don't was, give a rat's. Yes. I was
1: just, I was just doing it for, for podcast laughs, and
0: and uh, I've <laughs> been all the rules. You know me. Well, good has because I'm feeling very jovial today. Well, that's good, man. And, that's, and that's why you're wearing that t-shirt. A potentially, <laughs> it's not a t-shirt, mate. What's it? Uh, well, it hasn't got sleeves on it, has it?
1: It's a sleeveless t-shirt. What do you call these things? A vest? I don't think it's a vest either. And what colour would you call that? that? That's like mocha, is
0: it? I <laughs> don't know. It probably used to be red once upon a time. It's yeah. just been washed that much. That's oh, nice. <laughs> no, I don't know, mate, what you'd call it. Um, I don't know. But it's a sleeveless T-shirt, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I saw this your, go- no, I listen, saw your Instagram
1: is- stories yesterday with your slipper socks
0: thing. Sliders, oh. socks. Uh, tracky bottoms that were cut off into shorts football t-shirt and a coat yeah what did you think mate
1: I dare you to um, do a workshop in in that in that garb <laughs> be your true authentic self we talked about authenticity
0: yeah we have what lots of do? parts of ourselves that true, was man. one part of myself I, 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 I painted the office yesterday and so um, I felt very manly because I was like you know bit dirty bit sweaty been grafting all day
1: why did you say manly
0: (laughs) because um that's the society that we live in right where uh it is a bit like that because i still know because i'm terrible like i can't i'll phone my father-in-law if i need a picture hanging yeah right the only bit of yeah or if i get a punctured tire i'll ring my wife I wouldn't know what to do. We've
1: talked about the tire, the car tire. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. But I like, think I could We both so, freak out a little bit about about a, that one. But
0: there's a famous picture that I hung in the dining room, in our in our in our dining room, and it's um just a hole in the wall because I started trying to drill it and it wouldn't go in any further. And I said I don't know what to do now, so I left it. So my father-in-law does anything like that because I'm useless. And, do you know?
1: Do, like, joking aside, I used to think about um getting this website together called stuff my dad should have taught me yeah and both of us for different reasons didn't have the father I mean obviously I know you had another male figure in your life right Mm. but like our dads weren't around to kind of teach us the basics Um, yeah and my mum taught me loads of things of course but like there was always always felt like there was a there was a there was a piece missing so i think consequently there's like loads of stuff i've just had to figure out like a lot of other people but i just always thought that it would be nice to figure out the stuff i probably should have you know what would have been nice you know that, that gets passed down through generations right yeah. and uh we just sort of never had that really
0: yeah and you know there's um the, uh, the, there's another layer to that as well which is like my uh, before I got my, my last car was dying, right? And I used to have to put a lot of oil in it all the time, right? And uh, I I used to go out and put the oil in. When I was growing up, I was like you. Like, I had my stepdad, yeah, but he was, uh, one, he was he was my stepdad. So there was an element of, it always felt a bit like my stepdad. Love him to bits and all that kind of stuff. But there was just that element of it. But also, when he got on and done stuff, like, if he had to change the oil, if he had to put new oil in his van, mm. he'd just go and put new oil in his van, right? And uh, my daughter, my Maya, who's like uh, nearly five now. I remember I was going to put the oil out, and Leah, my wife, was like, "I'll take Maya with you," and I was like, "What? To put the oil in the car?" She's like, "Yeah, teach her how to do it," and I had to have a moment when, I, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I should like, I should show her. She can come out and she like she loves doing it." Mm. And Leah grew up doing all of that stuff with her dad. Her dad would like show her, you know, his when he was tinkering with stuff and what. Yeah, and it's true. I never had any of that. I mean, I don't know. I've, I still don't think I'd be very good at any of it, right? Because it's just sort of not really in my nature. But but there is there's a there's a whole conversation to be had there, and one that I wasn't expecting to have today. Has
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I just it just it just made me think about um, about yeah all all the things that we take for granted, like being able to put up a picture. But for you, that's like a real headache.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah but like i don't know what we'll do when my father-in-law's no longer here won't have pictures mate we won't put pictures up
1: or so. you'll be you'll be so successful like you just throw cash at <laughs> handy people i'll come to put it up for you, you um, pay yeah me, I'll be, yeah pay i'll me get a you to-, to be your handyman
0: yeah exactly i'm a self-taught handyman let's hope i do that well um So there's been a few conversations that I've always wanted to bring to the podcast, Has. Okay. Uh, And so I just thought, do you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to bring some of those conversations here. So I've got, um, I think it's five. Well, let me have a look. One, two, three, four. I've got five titles. I'm going to read them all out to you. You can pick them. I've done something like this similar before, but we're going to do it again. Okay. I'm going to read the five titles. You're going to pick which one you want. I don't care if we don't get through all five. We might not. Um, so I'm going to read them out to you and then you're going to pick them and then we're going to have a conversation around them. And in typical 115 miles fashion, we're going to push the boundaries on them. Okay. Ready? Yep. First title <laughs> Getting Jiggy with It. Na, <laughs> na, 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 na. That's, that's number one. Number two. Six is too many. Number three, help me leave. Number four, all I want to say is that they don't really care about us. And then number... Have I missed one? No, that's number five. (laughs) Good with numbers like you. Uh, Eye for an eye. So you've got, getting jiggy with it. No, 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 no six is too many help me leave all i want to say is that they don't really care about us or eye for an eye where do you want to start has do you firstly do you feel like you know what any of them are about
1: i think i think i have an inkling on six is too many yeah um and the rest i have no idea about so i would like to go with uh uh all i w- what's that before all i want to say is they don't really care about us Did Did it? that one Sorry, which one michael, Jack- can't
0: you, can't you, the michael jackson up. one please uh the michael jackson one so all i want to say is that they don't really care about us is that last bit's wrong them.
1: we both got that last bit wrong no i didn't get it wrong mate yeah you did no it's right mate do you know what would have been really good if you'd have really thought about this instead of, like, um, this morning? You could have had the little musical excerpts and we could have just... You could have played a little... on us. Can't make like, yeah, copyrights.
0: Copyright infringements. That's it. The, the episode would have been taken down. True. So I've True. done my research, mate. All but right? it would have so, been
1: nice if we'd have been... Imagine being, like, publishing and then being taken down.
0: Yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, that would have been good. That Would have just made this whole hour and a bit that we're going to spend a waste of time true uh so all i want to say is that they don't really care about us has is about the way in which those in power are tackling the pandemic and i've got a couple of articles that i just want to explore with you uh the first one here i'm just loading up is in the times uh and the title is matt hancock how tory secure 180 million pound ppe deal I'm going to read this very quickly. Uh, Matt Hancock personally intervened to help a former Conservative member, uh, sorry, minister, secure a PPE deal worth 180 million, according to government emails. The House Secretary assisted Brooks Newmark, the former Civil Society Minister, who resigned after sending sexually explicit photographs of himself to an undercover journalist. Uh, that was a female party activist. Last May, Newmark teamed up with the owner of Dog Food Company who had set up a firm to broker PPE deals and suppliers. His subsequent uh, lobbying helped Hong Kong business become the eighth biggest recipient of PPE contracts during the pandemic. How does that make you feel? We've talked a little bit about this on one yeah. of the episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, how does it make me feel? I've stopped getting angry at it in the say in the way I was before because it doesn't surprise me. Like there is nothing new about what you've just said. It's just another story of what is an existing narrative.
0: And that is one of, 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 of many, many stories that have gone on through this pandemic, right? And yeah. Matt Hancock's at the heart of a few of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think anybody likes him? Do you think like do you think Tory voters, <clears throat> Tory supporters, you know, people like Um, Keir Starmer do you reckon they do you reckon they like Matt Hancock
1: I think that Boris must really like him because he makes them money
0: yeah but do you think do you think there's many Tory voters out there that like him
1: that find him relatable
0: yeah because I just think he's an absolute every time I look at him when he comes on the telly I just think you absolute moron but like, it doesn't matter what he's saying. I know that might be a bit of me in there, but as in it's a lot like of a you bit in there, no, a bit like, of my stuff. But
1: I, I think do um, I, I don't think he's very likable, but he's he's not. You know, he's a lot of politicians aren't really likable or relatable, yet they're still in power, and that's part of their creation is to kind of almost present themselves as you know. Uh, on a higher level, to be able to run the government and the
0: and the country. Do do you think the very fact that someone like yourself, who will be a reflection of many, has just sort of given up on it? Doesn't even make you angry anymore. It's just the world that we live in: the rich people, the rich and powerful. I'm not digging you out. I might be a little bit, but but I'm just I'm taking what you've said that we're not even angry about it anymore. Like I mean, literally. This pandemic, when you dive into it, and I'm going to re- like skip through another article in a moment, when you dive into it, uh, the rich and powerful people, I mean, have been using it hugely, hugely to their advantage. And this, this has not been, a, the global pandemic, the way that we have tackled it has not been about a global, uh, you know, let's try and save everyone's life. It's not like that. That's not what's going on here.
1: I, I mean, I think there's, it's not what it's not one approach so i think that, that there have been people within government and outside of government within shadow parties outside of shadow parties that have genuinely been trying to i think there are individuals who are genuinely trying to help and do better yeah. but on the whole it can feels you to any?
0: me what can you name any like Can you give me specific examples of that because we've got lots of specific examples of people not doing that. Have you got any specific examples of people in and i again i'm I'm putting you i'm standing are you, talking about, your, are you
1: talking about politicians specifically
0: anyone in a position of power i think I think
1: that Biden in the u s has tried to move quickly and turn around the mess that Trump created um it's funny. I I think you you have a good point in that. I've 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 almost given up on on any faith in like politics, politicians, and 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 politics because it's just another it's just another story time time and again. I can't think of specific names, but partly because I don't really you know follow follow the shadow cabinet as much as I used to because yeah. it doesn't seem yeah. like there's anyone that's really present
0: but that's kind of you know of fight. and that's the point I'm making by the way I couldn't right and uh, you know you sort of we're, we're at a point now where you sort of look at this and uh, and it's really difficult to have this kind of conversation because this kind of conversation gets shut down so it's like we, we're in a pandemic we just need to do what we can do right but the people that are in power are hiding behind that guys That we, even when you start to look at the vaccination programme, and I'm going to read you an article now, uh, which that, we look at that and we go, you know, that's been incredible. That's, you know, this is like a real achievement that we've managed to achieve. Actually, when you start to dive into that, right? And I don't want to sort of go down any kind of rabbit hole here, uh, but it's it's, uh, this article by Akin Ola says, welcome to the new colonialism. I can't say it. Rich countries. What is it? Colonialism. Yeah, well said. Uh, rich. Easy for you to say. Rich countries sitting on surplus vaccines. So even Biden, the man that you're talking about, um, the US, for lack of a better term, uh, are hoarding vaccines. It began with Donald Trump and his refusal to participate in COVAX, a global initiative that aimed to ensure distribution of 2, mil- two billion vaccines to countries in need. Joe Biden joined COVAX, but has for the most part deprioritized the organization for the sake of ensuring that Americans are vaccinated first and foremost, uh, even if that means scores of vaccines go unused. Uh, As after some criticism, Biden did agree to distribute some surplus vaccines to Mexico and Canada. Uh, This is less of an act of generosity than an act of self-interest intended to ensure the U.S. vaccination process isn't undone by having unvaccinated nations at its border. In true American fashion, this article says, these vaccines are essentially loans. Canada too has done the same. Uh, the EU has ordered 1.6 billion doses for its adult population of r- roughly 375 million. The UK has ordered 219 million full vaccines yeah. for its 54 million uh, adults, a surplus of 165 million. Uh, Canada has done something very, very similar. Um so when you start to look at what's happening here, uh, yep. this is like, you know, and when you start to look at the vaccination stuff and the way in which they've been bought and ordered, this isn't like the way that all the smallpox and all that kind of stuff was tackled in history where it was like the world came together. You know, this that uh, Boris Johnson and the people alike are like hiding behind this guise of, you know, this is a come together wartime effort. But you don't have to dig that far to start to realise that that's not what this is. Those vaccines, by the way, are all patent it's patented, and 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 you know we're not dishing them out to the other countries. And people think these, people think these vaccinations are free. By the way, I think some people think that actually Boris is paying for them out of his own pocket. Yeah, they don't even realise that we're paying for them. Above the odds, as well. Above um, the odds because they've signed an agreement was signed to. Uh, avoid keeping prices low to make sure that the the prices of these vaccines go go up and they're not they're not done at a a level that would be manageable for for the whole for the whole world so uh, i told you i was feeling a bit ranty has over to you uh
1: what was the question uh no i'm kidding i'm kidding um look you're right there's there is no global response to this i think um or our perception is in the beginning there was a global response, you know, um, as it as it started to emerge, and there was sort of, you know, there was some sort of well, it was a global fear maybe more than there was a global response, right? And it was kind of mm-hmm. moving quickly and shutting down the borders, and you know that sort of you know thing, that sort of thing was happening. But um, yeah, like it's not the first time, you know, I've I've heard that uh, around uh, hoarding by um, you know, developed economies and shutting out um, uh, less economically developed countries, um, and we also obviously we we, we shared a, a post the other day about uh, Bill Gates blocking kind of pa- patent relief for mm-hmm. certain countries and things like that. So um, it is yeah, it's 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 shocking behaviour. Yeah, no doubt. But then. It's always been like this, you know. It's mm. like, why did you know? I guess why did we suddenly think that self-protectionism was going to go away when something like this was kind of happening?
0: Mm. I think it's probably that the, the fact that it's been sold, it's been sold as as, as something that it really, really isn't. Um, and again, the the the, the, the 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 strange political landscape that we live in nowadays, which is where. Um, it's almost like it's the hard left that are almost the, 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 the hardest right sided government I think that we've had for a long time are hiding behind the guise of the hard left because the hard left is like every life matters, take the vaccine, follow the rules, don't be a dick. And then that is the, the, the very guise in which these people are hiding behind and using to their advantage.
1: The, the government is is probably rubbing its hands with glee at how they just don't they just the the left and the hard left are just basically infighting the whole time and they just don't even need to get involved they can just let them you know we spent we spent the last couple of weeks basically or the last week or so um looking at the infighting in labor between Keir Starmer and the deputy Leader, yeah. you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and w- what's happened in the last week, um, where well, the government is introducing um, measures which may, most likely, will uh, will end up in voter suppression. Yeah. Yet no one really, really has talked about it. So it's just gently come in, which is going to favour the current government staying in power.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll get on to that. Okay. If you pick the right titles. Getting, getting <laughs> jiggy with it. <laughs> okay. But uh, listen, why? Do, I mean, why do you think, just very quickly, probably before we move on to another title, why do you think the media, um, I, you know, these conversations, some of the articles, I mean, the article I just read about the vaccine is in The Guardian. Um, why do you think this is not like mainstream stuff? Why? And, it, you know, it's very shut down. There'll be people that I don't know if there'll be listeners of this podcast. But a lot of people would feel very uncomfortable with the stuff that I'm saying. And by the way, I'm not denying the virus. I'm not um, denying the need for vaccines or any of that. I'm just trying to have a objective conversation about it, but that seems to not be allowed at the moment. Why do you think the media don't?
1: Well, I think you're talk- you're not talking... I-, I don't sense that you're talking about the virus and and... In itself, and and the impact of that, you're talking about the commercialism and the opportunism and yeah. the, sh- the sharkery of mm. government, our government and other governments, and and mm-hmm. how this is being treated as a, mon- as a as a as a not only a money making uh, endeavor, but also it's 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 perpetuating oppressive structures and regimes, and it just perpetuates. You're going to put you're going to put countries in Africa. Uh, in further debt, because they're just trying to save their people. It's just like it's disgusting. So mm. um, it's worth it's worth talking about. Um, why is the media? I don't know, Josh. I mean, I th- you know, I can only assume it's because they are fearful of the backlash, and the mm-hmm. backlash means that their commerce gets affected. So if their, you know, if their readership goes down, they have less advertising revenue. If they have big advertisers that don't, that don't want them to kind of put their head above the parapet, um, they who will then just kind of threaten their revenue. So I think it's all about money. Uh, where
0: in the last <coughs> year, what do you think? Who do you think is the biggest in this country? Uh, the biggest payer is that the right word? The biggest payer of advertisements in the last year. Who puts the so, most so those money- companies that you're talking about? Yeah. their biggest uh revenue stream in terms of advertisement industry, who do you think that's coming from
1: industry or, or specific company
0: industry uh, so so any company that offers advertising their biggest generally speaking their biggest uh revenue stream from somebody in advertising over the last year
1: i don't i don't understand the question are you talk, are you asking me to like uh, who
0: spent the most on marketing which okay. company has spent the most on marketing in in the last year or as sp- it's the taxpayer has oh the government Oh, right. so one of their biggest revenue streams the media at the moment is the government so wow! another yeah. way that uh
1: she dropped the mic there josh
0: this <laughs> uh it's literally on its last legs anyway yeah, yeah. so i'm not going to drop it now not to mention what
1: what you what are you implying josh with that
0: Well, I'm just highlighting the fact that what you just said is that, you know, they're worried about upsetting the people that are paying them for their advertisements. One of their biggest customers at the moment is the government. So I just make you absolutely right.
1: Well, not... Yeah, yeah, I guess it is.
0: Yeah, you're right. It is the government. Yeah, you can go on. I I didn't get the figures, which I meant to get because I was looking at them yesterday. It's all on company sales. Anyway... That's my ranty bit out of the way. Actually, no, there is one other title that might get me ranting. To try and avoid it. <laughs> that might get me ranting again. Right. Um, okay. If you decide to go with it. Let's look. So we've done... Um, all I want to say is that they don't really care about us. No, 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 no. So we've got left. Getting jiggy with it. No, 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 no. Six is too many. Uh, help me leave or eye for an eye. Uh, go on. Getting jiggy with it. Na 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 Have you got any? <laughs> you can do that one, can't you? Yeah. Have you got any idea what this one might be about, Has?
1: Uh, I don't know. Babies during lockdown, or, or oh, how to have how to have uh uh nocturnal relations outside after lockdown eases. Is that the one? No. Okay. Neither Not of even those. close. Okay. Uh, it is about Will Smith ah okay do you know what i'm talking about now yes i do go on i haven't really followed it too much but basically uh, well i believe it's he um about a week or two ago he posted uh pictures of his dad bod right he he basically said oh i've been i'm in the worst shape of my life i just want to put it out there i just want to be authentic he got loads of praise for being like hey man we just really needed to see this so authentic and then he basically has got a Facebook channel or a YouTube channel where he's basically gonna get fit again with his team and basically have people follow it and yeah. it's a totally commercial relationship
0: they <laughs> oh sorry was that is that what you is that what you meant No, it wasn't that one okay. uh, no that is it that's yeah. exactly it uh but I wasn't going to go down the route of uh, it was a totally commercial relationship. I'm not a cynic, mate. I don't like to look at things Oh, like. okay, okay.
1: So it was just...
0: I just wanted to chat about it, really. In this article that I've got in the mirror here, Will proudly let his bulging belly hang out as he insisted that although his body had changed through the pandemic, he was so proud of it for getting him through the unprecedented time. I really like that line. Uh, he says that he's in the worst shape of his life. Have you seen the picture of him? I have, Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'd, I'd kill to be her. in that shape.
1: Yeah, I'd yeah. kill to be <laughs> in that say. in that shape. But so, I do, um, I I do think, uh, I do think. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, right? But it just seems like very. It feels very contrived and created. You know, like if he was just going to do it and just do his own like workouts or just kind of do a sort of funny Instagram. But because it there seems to be like a professional outfit behind now his transformation back into his best health, I think that's really, I think that's, it feels to me very strategic and not that authentic. The other thing is someone like him, he'll probably show his workouts, but he'll have a chef, he'll have a nutritionist, he'll have a personal trainer. He'll have loads of time to do the work. So I just feel like that that his experience versus other people like me uh, will be very, very different. Right. So and we haven't we've seen this before, you know, when you used to see like around like it, it, like coming up to Christmas. And then the the tabloids would then like show a reality star
0: right
1: who's basically gone to Dubai, always somewhere hot. They'll be like all hanging out, right? And then they're not really not looking good, and they're really not shy about being seen in a, like a in a in a in, in a kind of I've put on loads of weight state. Yeah. And then in January, lo and behold, they've had a transformation, and they're selling a DVD. I mean, it's, it's tried and tested. It's just Will Smith is doing it to hundred million followers. Good on him. You fucking ruined that for me. Sorry, 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 sorry. What did you want to say about it?
0: I just thought it was really... Off. I, I just thought it was a nice thing to do. I thought it was just being... Oh, it could you be. You know, he was sorry, born he... in West Philadelphia, born and raised, wasn't he? I just thought it was...
1: He hasn't been spending too much time on the playgrounds, though, recently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of another song that he's trying to think of a Men in Black uh, kind of quote to make. What it does say in the Mirror's article following his candid and now viral social media post a handful of huge stars have followed in will's footsteps in a bid to dispel pressures on men to look perfect all of the time huge stars have followed in the footsteps has who do you think the mirror have pointed to as their first huge star that's followed in his footsteps ricky gervais Nope. simon webb from blue And he's got a picture, I'm going to see if I can share this with you actually, he's got a picture of himself, um, I don't know, coming out of a tanning booth or something, in Crocs.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, <laughs> rest my but, so they went on to, they go on to mention some other people, here's this dude, Anthony Anderson, do you know who that is? Yeah. I've got no idea who that is. He's a Hollywood dude. And then uh, Marlon Wayans, who is actually in banging shape. So for me, is not really jumping on the bandwagon. I don't yeah. know who he is. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, who's... Dre. Dunk, 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 dunk. He's in banging shape. Look at him. And his picture's been taken in the gym. He's not jumping on the bandwagon. He looks banging, doesn't he? How old do you think he is?
1: Uh, he must be late 50s
0: now, right? 56 he is. Look at him. He'll always be the G, won't he? He is the OG, has. Yeah. So, you, the, the conversation that I had was not going to be to tear poor Will Smith apart. Um, I was just wondering how you felt about your body and whether you're going to jump on it with him.
1: <laughs> what, should I just post it now? Actually, should I just do it live? <laughs> um, uh, I feel really bad now because it's Will Smith. I really like Will Smith. I just feel like that... Uh, It's okay, Has,
0: because I've got one of those things and I can just erase this from the podcast. uh,
1: Oh, brilliant. Just take it out and just make Uh, me me Uh, sound. I love Wilson. But no, let me just say, when I first saw the photo and he was out, like outdoors, and I thought, that is wicked. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And then I heard about this whole, like, channel and charting the progress, and I just thought, oh, that feels a little bit.
0: I didn't know he had a channel and all that yeah I'm sort of with you on it but they're, they're, like on a sort of slightly like a side note um, I do think there's a conversation to be had about the pressure that men and women but we're two men right and I think it's probably not talked about as much uh, f- for men right because we sort of hide behind this all bought and paid for attitude right where we don't care what we look like dad bod where but um, I if I don't look a certain way in my body i feel miserable has mm. i do mm. cuz i've been there a couple of times in the last 2 or 3 years so i couldn't stand there and say to you doesn't matter what i look like it's about how i feel on the inside cuz that wouldn't be true i might say that if i don't if i'm not happy with the way that i look and yeah. i do know that there is a part you know there's a part of me that's never happy with the way that i look yeah. but i do feel much better if i look in the mirror and i've got less of a belly and i don't know slightly more and i'm slightly more muscular and i and i do worry about what i might how i might feel about myself when i get to a certain age where to kind of keep up that pretense would be difficult
1: yeah i i mean i don't i i think you're you're absolutely right like it it is something that we think about but probably don't talk about a lot Mm. um I'd say though, I mean, I, I know you're not saying this, but I would say that you know, the conditions placed upon women to look in a particular way have always been way more obtrusive than it is for men, right? Yeah, and that's why justifiably the the narrative, um, you know, is uh, has been around how how that needs to change for for young girls because I, I saw I see it with my daughters, and I'm sure you see it with yours, right? The the pressure. Yeah. But yeah. I see it now with with young guys. And like, yeah. even if you're like on Instagram or whatever, and that you're just like, you're just basically um, inundated with what you're not doing, right? Yeah. And and it's not just young guys, actually. It's like fit dudes in their 40s or fit dudes in their 30s. And like, and it's, yes yeah, an industry. And so you sort of, you look at yourself and go, oh, you know, or you think, you set yourself these, you know, unrealistic targets. And if you don't hit those targets, you then
0: start to beat and then yourself you always, up even more. And you're always comparing yourself to those washboard bodies that you see. And, you know, when you start working out yeah, and you're working out <clears throat> regularly, I'll always compare myself to them. And I've been, like, close to in that shape, right? When I proper did it, I followed it. And, like, as somebody who's not being paid to do that for a living, it was almost impossible to keep up. To have my abs showing and all of that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was just ridiculous. But you, you know, if you're not careful, you always feel like you don't match up, don't you? And yeah. I, you know, I think there's a, it is an important conversation to have for men because when I look at that picture of Will Smith, I just think that's Will Smith. He looks, it's Will Smith. But if I looked like that when I looked in the mirror, I, I mean, I would, I would find it really, really upsetting and I would, uh, you know, it would put me off wanting to go to the beach and to swimming pools and to like stuff like that with the kids it really would have that mm. impact on me mm. Um so the kind of serious conversation to have around that is just I guess to say to any men that might be struggling with it because I think muscle dysmorph- dysmorphia is a real thing for men uh, um, particularly of a certain age I think into 30s and 40s and our age and that kind of stuff man it does you know it's hard when you when you don't like what you see in the mirror yeah um, yeah
1: yeah i you know i agree that it needs to be talked about and also i think what it it needs to not be dismissed like uh mm. you know like oh uh, it's not you know it's not real it's not a thing don't worry just you know like people always it's all always relative people will always have their mm. own view about what isn't right for them uh, and they might judge that against kind of what the perception of what should be right but also I think helping people to understand what journey that they need to go on to themselves to kind of mm. discover what's right for them. So, so um, you know, I think um, education is really important. Self-education mm. and also like, you know, responsibility of others to educate around it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, well, that's good. we've had a, a completely different conversation uh, to the last one. So has we got time to do... Perhaps one or two more. Six is too many. Help me leave or I for an I. Help me leave. Help me leave. You've got no, you won't have any idea what this is about. Um, Has this conversation that it's always a conversation. It's been in the news, um, not mainstream news, but like you can, it's come up a couple of times in the news. This is about assisted suicide.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Okay, so it's a, it's a really difficult conversation. Um, what, what I mean, what does it conjure? What do you think about assisted, su- assisted suicide? Do you think it's ever okay? Do you want me to read exactly what I'm talking about? I've got a little.
1: Why do you have a do you have a definition of assisted suicide? Yeah. Thing? Okay. Because okay. it's it out, also I think it would be uh,
0: helpful. euthanasia. It's also called, isn't it? Is it that? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Assisted suicide is obviously illegal in the terms of the Suicide Act 1961 is punishable by up to 14 years imprisonment. Trying to kill yourself is not a criminal act. So have we talked about that before on the podcast? Well, you corrected
1: corrected me uh, when I once said act of suicide. uh, No, you said committed suicide. Committed suicide, that's right. The the
0: reason we don't say that anymore is because it's no longer a crime, but it used to be up until the Mm. 60s, I think. Um, so types of uh, euthanasia can be classified as voluntary euthanasia where a person makes a conscious decision to die and asks for help to do so and then non-voluntary euthanasia where a person is unable to give their consent for example because they're in a coma and another person takes the decision on their behalf perhaps to because the ill person previously expressed a wish for their life to be ended in such circumstances I know it's a real deep thing to kind of ask you to give me an opinion on straight off the bat there but um, what 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 are your thoughts on it? Does I it make I, you feel uncomfortable? I, I,
1: I can't, I, no, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. I just don't think there's a straight answer to it. Like, I, mm. I, I, like I don't think there is a straight answer because, um, well, my view is that my personal view is that um, everyone's life is their own, right? And so mm-hmm. they should have choice on how they live or not, right? Like, it, like I think that is. True. However, it's compli- it's complicated because how do you judge whether somebody is of right state of mind to be able to make that choice, right? Do mm-hmm. we just go by their word? Well, what if they have a lot of stuff internally that's going on that is impairing their kind of fluidity of thought, their logical thinking, all that sort of stuff, Um so I do believe that people should have their right uh, have their own right if they have absolute mental clarity they've spent long time thinking about it like th- that they satisfy conditions to say that you know that you know it's it's um it's a right option for them and I think you'll never ever get a government or a health body saying all agreeing you'd have to get so many groups together to agree mm. this to happen it'll never happen so that's why I just think it's like
0: I mean obviously you- it,
1: ha- it happens in other countries I don't understand I mean I don't, I'll also say I haven't really thought deeply about it
0: no of course right so I think the the, the people that might be listening to this can understand that it, 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 whatever opinions you give me now you might change your mind on if you were laid with lots of facts about it what we do we're having difficult conversations right so that's what the whole premise of the podcast what why um do you think we find it much easier then? um to when when it's a dog we say put it down but if a dog's in too much pain the you know a vet might say to you listen i know it's painful and it's going to hurt you but the best thing for this dog right it's never going to get any better than this and it's just going to live in pain the best thing for us to do is put it down
1: because we don't see ourselves as equal with animals we see ourselves as superior to animals. I think, right? And I don't mean that in a in a non compassionate way. It's like, why you eat a steak? You're not. You don't eat a human, do you? Well, most people don't, because yeah. because they're at the peer level, right? Mm-hmm. So you you almost have this. You 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 believe you're mentally superior, physically superior. In most cases, not all, obviously. With the, not not compared to an elephant but um we think mentally we're superior mentally mm. we are the you know superior race of animals mm-hmm. and that's why we, we 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 make those authoritative decisions around that
0: yeah i just wonder like we i had a conversation about this uh, uh recently i can't even remember who it was with right but i think it was around the pandemic and then we got down this line you know down the line of like trying to save every single life and trying to make people live as long as possible. And da-da. and I think there's a conversation to be had around, um, if I think of myself, like uh, I'm, my opinion on this again, like you might change over the years or whatever. But If I was like in my nineties and I was just in pain, heavily medicated, couldn't move out of my bed, I feel like I would have a sense of don't just why am i being kept alive here if i and you know that i'm being literally kept alive under load of sedatives load of stuff just to keep me in my people have to you know um, do everything for me i want just wonder if there's like why am i being kept alive let me go yeah um
1: i think if we could like if we could just tap out when we were ready that would be great, but what? What? Why is it eight? Like what? what like why would it have to be when you're ninety? What? Why? What? What would stop you from? What about at seventy or at sixty?
0: Or at fifty? Or at fifty or at Say thirty? Say that I had the same thing. Fi- yeah,
1: I, I'm. I'm done with life. What? Why? Do, and and who is one's pay, one person's pain threshold? How can that be a measure of other people's pain threshold? Mm. So you know, and, and why just pain? What if you what if you're like what if it's not physical pain but mental pain because mm. we treat physical pain in a different way right mm-hmm. but if someone's mental pain was so significant and i don't need to tell you this that they think I well i mean go. We,
0: yeah look in a lot of ways we don't treat it any differently a heroin somebody who uses heroin is no different to somebody who in yeah. physical pain who uses morphine in hospital right so there's another layer of that conversation there that's where it gets into murky water, right? Because you might have somebody who is so, sort of emotionally wounded, says, "I'm never going to get better. I'm ready to go." Mm-hmm. And how different is that to somebody in there?
1: I guess. At, with at, the, what, at what point do you go? Okay, it's okay. You can have this conversation now. Uh, like, at what point?
0: Yeah. It's Give hard, me the isn't age. It. Yeah. It would. It, it, well, exactly. I can't, I don't know. I can't answer yeah, you. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm saying
1: it's so, it's so complex. So you can understand because you, you the, the easy utopian sort of answer is everyone has their own right to choose, right? Which mm. is how I started. But then when you, and that's why I said, but it's, it's really difficult. You have to unpack it because then it's really, it's like, at what point does it get okay? At what point do you kind of, is it when you reach the, you know, the age of retirement that you can... You know, by the way, here's your pension, state pension, and you can, you know, kill yourself. Yeah, like it's tricky. But also, you talked about if you're like in loads of pain and on sedatives. Well, what if the sedatives is playing with your mind and actually, you know, just the the the, the kind of the, you know, the uh, the concoction of drugs that you're taking impairs your ability to think so therefore you think actually i want to go but actually that you may you just may not be thinking coherently Mm. what's right then end the pain or get your right thinking mind in
0: place so i guess there's another level as well right when there's the whole turn off the life support like if you looked at it as a continuum that would be at the start of it wouldn't
1: it yeah I mean, turn off the life support again. I don't... I don't. Being kept alive artificially yeah. is, is a bit different again, I think. Yeah.
0: You know? yeah. Look, the truth is that it's one of them things where I don't think unless you were in that situation, you'll never really know, right? Mm. Because, mm. you know, to, to, to kind of go down some of the routes that you've just explored there, at 24 years old... I might have said yeah no no I'm ready I'm done yeah do you know what I mean like assist me in this so um, yeah listen there's no right or wrong answer there I don't think is there right and it's just uh, it was I was I I was actually quite interested in some of the answers that you would give there Um, but I probably feel like the best way to follow that house is to move on to the reasons to be cheerful
1: okay
0: are we there do you think we're there I think are so we, yeah, yeah I
1: think we're there I think and I'll say oh, well hang th- on hang on okay fine I was just can you just tell us what six is too many was
0: yeah let's tell that one very quickly I'm going to keep the other one eye for an eye okay. for another day for the next time okay. I do the five tiles. six is too many is about that moron again Matt Hancock oh, oh wow, he's no it's not, it's not about him I've made it about him in my head um <laughs> It's about the government introducing id to have to vote yeah okay um and they're saying it's to make sure that it's all stringent and properly done
1: <laughs> Do you know what? sorry to interrupt i thought it was about um you having six children <laughs> 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 I, mean, I thought it was gonna be like should i have exercised
0: <laughs> Restraint <laughs> uh, is overpopulation of the yeah. planet down to people might like been me. something like that. Okay, <laughs> all right, sorry.
1: That would have been fun, that would have been fun to dive into your thought process.
0: Um, I didn't have any for most part of that, yeah, by the way. But,
1: And 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 you know, delightful that you didn't because you got six wicked yeah. children, so
0: nicely packaged. Yeah, it was about voters ID and the fact that, you know, when it was put, the, the reason I bring up Matt, Matt Hancock is because when it was put to him, he uh, they they said, look, there's only really been six proven cases of where not having ID has been a problem. And he said, well, I think that's six too many and that's why we're stepping in. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lovely tweet from somebody that said, uh, how many yeah. how many uh, children in poverty is too many? Six million? Seven? Yeah. How many do we have to get to until yeah. it's too many and you act as swiftly as you want to act here? Yeah. That is nothing to do with any of it, it's to help keep them in power to bring it back to the first conversation. Yeah.
1: That's boring, mate. We should have talked about your six children. (laughs) Reasons to be cheerful. Let's do that. Let's be cheery. Do you want to go first? Uh, No, you go first.
0: Okay. Look, my reasons to be cheerful has this week is uh, the 14th of May on Friday. Last week, I again celebrated what was nine years of sobriety. Um, and nine years of kind of life-changing uh, journey that I've been on, um, and the kind of love and support I get for people from it. And, uh, and actually what I'm gonna say about my reasons to be cheerful is that on that day, 14th of May, I had some stuff happen within my family, which I'm not gonna go into because it's private kind of family stuff, but it was really um, testing and difficult to show up for. And actually I've been able to show up. It's been hard and I'm navigating it still to a degree. But, you know, I'm showing up to it. I'm showing up to it and I'm doing what's right. I'm finding ways to deal with it. I'm looking at avenues that we can go down. How can we, you know, best navigate this difficult problem that our family's going through, that all, you know, all families have problems. And nine years ago, mate, I just wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have been there. I'd have ran away. I'd have buried my head. I would have just drank. I'd have made it all about me and how horrible it is for me. And so... You know, as hard as that was to have that show up on 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 my ninth kind of celebration for the nine years of sobriety, it's actually a real good kind of uh, metaphor story or whatever you want to say for just how incredible a journey it is that I'm able to show up to that in that way and to keep doing it. And it, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can make me emotional because you know you talk about the kind of life I've always wanted right? That's not really what you envisage but actually a beyond, when you go beyond it that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm showing up to be everything that I want to be in terms of uh, the, you know, the the person that I am within my family. So, that's my reasons to be cheerful, Has No title. Can't
1: really top that to be honest but what I will say is I think um, what's really powerful um, I hope you won't mind me sharing this but, you know, when we were talking about it you said I don't think of myself as trying to quit anymore i'm just a non-drinker like your identity now is just a non-drinker and i think that's mm. really like powerful and i think in a way we obviously made it you know we talked about it a lot on one of our episodes last year in a way like it's just become between us as friends it's it's, it's quite normalized you know and and mm. i thought that was a sort of a powerful thing that like, was incredible but you know as i said to you, uh, on the day it is one, that moment that one moment in the year that just kind of makes me stop and think about like everything that you've achieved and what you're doing so yeah mm. that's brilliant um, my uh, my reasons to be cheerful is um, uh, unexpected moments of joy oh, ah yeah. lovely Um <laughs> You, you. Well, hang on. Before you say that, okay. let me say what it's about. Uh, my unexpected moment of joy was on Sunday night, and or Sunday evening. Oh. Yeah, you know what I'm going to talk about. I'm talking about Alison Becker's headed goal <laughs> with the last kick of the game, uh, keeping Liverpool in um, in in Champions League contention. Which sounds really stupid, but it isn't about the football. I want to really stress. It's not about the football. It's about like that for me it's a metaphor again for like how we've been living our life which is like really tense and then you just have this like oh my god this is unexpected wonderful mm. unadulterated like moment of bundle of joy uh, and i messaged i had a couple of nice messages from people and i had a message someone back and what i liken this to that feeling that like little moment was when i was a kid um we went to like my my family's house in Bangladesh and we went for the whole summer. So we we would have gone for six, seven, we used to probably go for a bit longer as well. So it would probably be about eight weeks. And like it was a really dry summer, no rain, Mm. really hot, really uncomfortable. Mm. and uh like yeah there's just like the the, the ground had gone really dry and under, the crops were like were thriving it was like just really and then the monsoon rains just opened up one sticky afternoon right it was like and we all just ran to the roof and like just just got drenched by the rain and it was just like that exhilarating feeling of just mm. like uh like just that moment it was unexpected because we'd spent the whole summer like just really uncomfortable and then you just had that I think it was that. It wasn't the football. It was just that, like, oh, like in the 94th minute or something. You know, uh, the goalkeeper runs up, as goalkeepers always do in the last kick. They never, they never get the goal. Then they got to dash back and stop a, um, you know, somebody scoring a goal against them. But to, to, to head that goal in uh, like a striker basically was just
0: great amazing. header as well, mate. So good. As a top class header of the ball myself,
1: I, I have to uh, admit my, uh, my parenting skills dropped a notch because there were some expletives shouted <laughs> at the top of my voice. <laughs> um, but it didn't matter because you'd kicked them all out the living room like you do when yeah, they are no, good just, on the telly. Yeah, no, that's just for in the line of duty. <laughs> for the football, they're
0: all right, they're allowed. <laughs> Brilliant, Haas, this has been some, some great conversation, some deep, meaningful conversation. We've put the world to rights and uh, we've saved some titles for another day as well. So I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, Haas, so thank you.
1: Thanks, Josh. Like really, I always get a bit nervous when you do your questions. Um, tell me there's some <laughs> questions coming, but I really enjoyed that. And I think, yeah, unexpectedly, we, uh, we, we, we talked about some pretty deep stuff.
0: It yeah. was great. Brilliant. Here. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai.